men trip too. <laughs> they tripping a lot harder than women. <laughs> so yeah, we do, Mark. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. When yeah. I would go to the Lord in prayer, sometimes I would. Uh, the Lord would either say, no, that's a deal breaker, or, 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 or no, it wasn't. You, you're just a tripping girl. You know, so just don't, that doesn't even need to be addressed. And I use that in other areas of my life, too. You know, if I'm on the job and something done irritated me, sometimes they need to unplug. And sometimes I just simply have to say, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, Lord, but it's me standing in the need of prayer. And I believe that's what God's word does for us. The Holy Spirit will check us right out of the gate. And the other piece of that is oftentimes you don't have to let the person know if they really meant that. They know what they did. So, again, we have to make sure that uh, we're going before the Lord, uh, before we're addressing, before we're confronting. And we definitely need to be confronting uh, in love with compassion. Uh, and one of the uh, notes I have here is, um, have I prayed about this issue? Is this the right time to confront? What's my motive? Is my motive <laughs> to retaliate? Is my motive to punish this person? And we definitely want to make sure that uh, when we're confronting, we leave the person in a healthier state. We're not just going and just saying, well, you did this and this is just a sin. Say, for example, uh, I think a lot of people like to really cone in if a, if a sexual sin is involved. Oh, that's just a deal breaker for a lot of people. I'm out because the Bible says, you know, infidelity, it, you know, I'm, I'm out. I got a right to be out. And no, not necessarily. If the person wants to uh, come back and repent, and so we're to be using all of God's uh, wording, His leadership, His guidance. That if my spouse comes back and he truly is repentful, there's nothing biblical that says that I can't take a spouse back that's committed a sexual sin against me. Or maybe I walk in on some pornography or whatnot. There's nothing biblical that says that I have to leave that relationship. And, and another note I had on here, too, is we should be known for our tongue management. Because we can really tear some people down if we feel like we got the upper hand tongue management. <laughs> we ought to be, the word of God tells us we ought to be speaking life into people. I have a, 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 a sibling that, that lives an open gay life. But I can truly say that my brother loves me. We have conversations about the Lord. So he understands my position on that sin, but he also knows that his sister loves him to death. We were just talking last night, uh, and he said that had I not made a trip a couple of months ago, uh, I, 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 the Lord just laid it on my heart. He was in the hospital, 
and had been in rehabilitation. And when I got to town, he was just drunk out. Just it, He looked like he had just given up on life. Mm-hmm. He said he has not looked back at that. He said he needed me to come to town, love on him, pick him up, and just tell him, get up out this bed. We finna eat. We finna do some things. We clean up the house. And so sometimes... The other spouse that's committed to sin, that's what they need. They need you not to brush their sin under the rug, but to simply say, with love, we're addressing this, you know, we're going to get a plan. And maybe if you got a spender and, and she keep blowing the budget out or he keep blowing the budget out of whack, well, Maybe that addressing that may simply be, okay, that card needs to go. <laughs> we we taking this card, and we finna cut that bad boy up. We paying it off, and so it may not be a deal breaker. Uh, or, you know, it may be a deal breaker, but you don't have to break the person is what I'm trying to say in the process. They should be healthier for you addressing and confronting uh, that sin of the one spouse. Okay, so the next area uh, is immaturity or brokenness of one person. Uh, and most people, when they get married, they are totally, totally, totally unaware of, like we said earlier, the baggage that the other person is coming with or what their broken areas are. Because when you're dating, you ain't, you know, you whining and dining, you going to, on trips, and you know, he taking you shopping, he done bought you some Louis Vuitton, and you know, <laughs> we, we going to, you know, top of the line restaurant, and you ain't offering to pay, the brother just, you know. <laughs> so, and she cooking for you, the girl can cook, you know, she cooking black eyed peas, and, you know, cornbread and stuff. So you just kind of, you got this glaze over in, in the dating uh, pro- thing. And, you know, you say, I do. And, you know, boy, stuff starts creeping up on you. Changing. <laughs> so <laughs> usually uh, one of the, one of the uh, I, I believe that one of the uh, uh, advantages that Walt and I had was, uh, we talked about and we went through uh, the workbook that I referenced uh, earlier uh, before you remarry. And it made us talk about the hard uh, conversations. It made us talk about finances and how we would manage those and what you got, what I got, and what you don't got, and what what I got, and what we're coming to the table with. Uh, And it made us talk about, you know, those styles of uh, maybe perhaps uh, how you plan on being a parent and, and what uh, do you believe in spanking or do you not believe in spanking, uh, those types of things. Uh, so that's uh, critical, I believe. When two people marry, uh, they marry all of each other's shortcomings and all. Uh, and then, of course, eventually all of that comes to light. When it does, there are a few things that uh, will be very helpful to lessen the blow. Uh, The one thing is to accept the reality about yourself and about your spouse. Uh, Just accept that this is just, it comes with them. 
it, it, it may ha have been with them for a long time. Uh, my husband just was not used to somebody getting all in his business like that, asking him some deep questions about his business. He was just a private person. <laughs> you know, not <so> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you got this person to come along and, you know, asking all these questions, you know, well, why are you trying to ask me all that? That ain't none of your business. <laughs> but none of my other relationships were like that, so I wasn't used to a person asking me questions. And, and, and you know, once we talked about that, I understood that, mm -hmm. that his other girlfriends or his other spouse apparently didn't care and didn't ask. Uh, but then as, you know, we talked about that, I realized he had been on the road for 40 years. He wasn't home a lot. He was on the road for three or four weeks of a month. So, so when they ask questions, I tell them, I'll answer it when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks later, they done forgot it, me too. <laughs> but Pearl was, was not that tight. And even though we've come to an understanding, I mean, I just have to grit it and answer. Sometimes she doesn't like my answer, but <laughs> so honesty had to come into play. <coughs> <coughs> so maybe uh, one of you struggle with the ability to get close, communicate, sustain intimacy. So it's not a sin, though. That's just an area you need to, to work on. You mm -hmm. need to come together and, and work on that. Okay? None of these are sins, just areas of immaturity that you need to grow in. And when I say immaturity, I, I just simply mean that, that, that that's areas maybe you haven't broached yet. Maybe you guys have not fine-tuned that area. I'm not saying that, you know, that you're immature. and Maybe you are in some ways. I think all of us uh, are. Uh, but that's just a particular area that you guys still need to uh, grow on, work on. And the fact of the matter is you may have to remind them that, this is an area that we're working on, honey, and you might have to remind me of that ten more times. So as long as you two have come to the agreement that it's okay, remind me, and I'm okay reminding, then you guys have a plan <laughs> in place. Because I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and say, you're doing it again. I, I know that uh, early on, we, Walter and I came up with, uh, and only he and I knew what that, that meant. When one of us was hitting a bad area, we would simply just say, smooches. And we knew what that meant. <laughs> we knew what smooches meant to one another. So the next area of, well, I don't want to leave this unsaid. While none of that might be a sin or anything, and uh, you're working on that thing, uh, one of the things you may have to also work on is leaving some things just unsaid. And you might have to do that two, three, four times a week. If you and the Holy Spirit, you done prayed about it and you get together, may simply be left with leave it be. Leave it unsaid. Because there is a time to confront, there's a time to address, 
And if your timing is all off, it, it's just going to be all off. <laughs> the whole relationship and your oneness is going to be off. If you're continually so, we shouldn't just be focusing on just addressing the sin of the one. You should also be focusing on, am I praying? Am I approaching right? Am I confronting at right time? Or am I just so, well, it was just wrong and I have to address it and, you know, I'm just <laughs> going to address it. Well, then you're going to get what you get when you're approaching it that way. Now we're going to delve into the area of hurt feelings that are no one's fault. Uh, this is common because we all have hurts and things we are sensitive to. Mm -hmm. One person feels hurt. The person that communicates, uh, it, they communicate it as if it was a sin. The accused person then gets defensive. They go to court defending. And no one's really wrong. It could simply not be anything that you did to your spouse that was wrong. It was just an area that you kind of dove in. And oftentimes with new couples, they don't really know where all the landmines are yet. They still trying to figure them landmines out until they step on one of them bad boys and go, oh, and the response that they receive. And uh, I told you we had talked about some stuff that we were going to share. Uh, the one uh, incident that comes to mind, we out, we even had a good time. We up in Cleveland, and we were headed back to town. It was early in the day, headed back to Akron, and we were close to Walt's mom's house. So I said, hey, let's call mom and see if she cooks. We called her, sure enough, we was like maybe two blocks away from the house. She had cooked. She said, come on by, I'm going to feed y'all. So we went on by, and Mama had cooked. And so <laughs> I'm at the, the stove. I'm getting, uh, I had already fixed up uh, my husband, put his rice on his plate. So I'm looking at the rice. So it's four of us. It's me, Walt, his mom, and his sister. So I'm looking, it didn't look like much rice, so I'm trying to be kind, and I'm just going to put real rice on mine and leave some in case somebody else wanted. So mommy come behind me and just dumped the rice on my plate. Girl, take all that rice. Ain't nobody else going to eat no more. <laughs> so my husband, who's sitting at the table behind me, goes, oh, she going to shortchange me on the rice. <laughs> so here I go. Snapped I'm into like, it. Well, I, I, you know, I go to Finn and I'm, you know, I wasn't trying to get all the rice. Mommy dropped all the rice on my plate and, you know, so, you know, so it was just a whole ordeal about the rice. Mm -hmm. So then Brenda chimed in, well, she ought to, uh, by now, she ought to be used to Walter saying something, but then I turn around and at last chance I checked, that was my business and not yours. So the whole, you know, we did just over some rice, mm -hmm. over the rice. <laughs> so when we talked about it and finally we got to, you know, alone and we discussed it, what, what he realized, I was still, at that time I was 20 pounds heavier. So the whole ordeal and issue was about me feeling sensitive because he said about I put more rice on my plate 
my sensitivity was really about the weight I was feeling like I had on, and he, you know, trying to say I'm eating too much. <laughs> he never said that. <laughs> never said that. So, so can you get the picture of how we could just, you know, it's really nobody's fault. The, the issue really wasn't about nobody saying it. And, you know, so the rice was just a big ordeal that it was just uncalled for. My feelings. So then he had to come up to the rear end and patch me up, make me feel better about the weight and the whole ordeal. And, you know, I had to go back and apologize and you know, tell mommy I wasn't trying to. So it just, just crawled and tumbled all out. Thank God my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law loved me. <laughs> and my husband. So. Cause she was our number, three to one. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just a, a, a matter of you saying something in a joking way. But I didn't understand that her feelings were hurt because of her weight. I ain't never had no weight. <laughs> but I, like I told her, I didn't mean any harm. I was just joking with you. And I saw my mother do it. I should have got on her. But <laughs> it's just a matter of how feelings can get hurt and not intended to. So, uh, really nobody's fault. Nobody's fault, but. So, uh, we do have a few hands, you know, uh, to address that one particular area. Uh, maybe just acknowledge to yourself when you're hurt. Just, just acknowledge that whole area. And so, when I look at the whole rice incident, I had to really realize it really had nothing to do with what Walter said, what Brenda said. I was just feeling just sensitive about my weight at that time. So it was up to me, you know, feeling sensitive about the weight, do something about the weight. You know, uh, so it had nothing to do with, so know yourself and own your feelings. And it might be right where you start with, uh, just know yourself. And number two, uh, tell your spouse when you are hurt by something he or she did. Don't blame them as if they sinned. So he didn't sin by making a comment about the rice, <laughs> you know. But she let me know she was hurt. <laughs> and I understood it. Um. And then the last area um, under this communication and conflict is conflicting desires. Uh, this will happen whenever you have two different people. One person likes adventure movies. The other person likes romantic movies. I love the Hallmark Channel. I, you know, I, I do. I love the Hallmark Channel. That's my channel. My husband, he wants some Jet Li. He Ooh, wants some Bruce Lee. Hey. <laughs> you know, Bruce Willis. And, you know, he's good. <laughs> Kung Fu. One wants to spend money on the house, and the other wants to save for the future. So... You know, you get the drift here, you, you know, we're, we're two different people and we're coming to the table and we've got these, these different desires. So make sure that you realize that your desire is not a higher one than your spouse. And I think that's an area that we all uh, fall uh, victim to. Uh, you know, I, I, I want that trip and he wants that and, you know, here we go, we're fixing to fight about which one is the higher uh, priority. But when in actuality, if we're both living out God's uh, will in his way, 
putting his desires and needs above mine. So when we look at that word joy, where does it go? Jesus, others, and myself. But I don't know how many of us really, you know, when we're in the thick of things, really thinking about <laughs> that word and breaking it down. Uh, so emphasize and understand the importance of this thought's desires and then just um, prove the thought there are almost no marriage problems in which one spouse contributes 100% and the other one contributes zero. Okay. So with that being said, uh, we're going to, if anybody has any comments, uh, any questions in that area, did we leave anybody hanging with anything? This doesn't take me long to figure it out, right? So you told me, I understand. Yeah, yeah, but oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're going to get into a little bit of that uh, later on, too, Mark. <laughs> yeah, women are, emo women are a little bit more emotional, Mark. They kind of want because when we get together as women, oh, girl, they're all. That was before she was married, right? Yeah, that was before. <laughs> that was before marriage. But my girl had me. She had me covered. Come on, girl. The door open. <laughs> so Faith, Faith's uh, comment struck a chord with me and Crystal right now, because she's over here saying, "Right." Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You guys weren't here at the beginning, Crystal. We we had everybody to vow that if you heard something, seen something on the video, do not nudge your spouse. <laughs> Do not look over at them crooked-eyed and don't make outward uh, comments. Right to so that. So she missed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but to Mars' point, you know, I tell Crystal, I understand. And she's saying, well, is that it? Of course that's it. <laughs> you know, what, what else do you want from me? I'm not, see, that's the, that's the whole point. My personality, I'm not a crier. I'm, I'm more stoic than anything. So when you tell me stuff, I comprehend and I understand. 
Now the emotion part, the empathy part comes later. I have to be very, I have to be moved to cry. It had to really strike me to the, to to my heart to cry. So I'm not going to cry automatically. So sweetie, I understand. <laughs> What makes a good apology? One tear. One tear. One tear. One tear. <laughs> so, it, you know, you know, I was, you know, sometimes uh, when your spouse is hurt, you need to make a grandstand apology, but some things doesn't always require an apology. Um, I'm a big apology person. My wife goes, my bad. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, that's fair. My bad, but my foot is cut off now. I, I think that's an area where. That might, and I don't know if that's a gender thing or not, or if it's a, a, a gender thing or a generational thing. But um, sometimes you need to apologize and it needs to be sincere and the person needs to be able to see that sincerity so that they know that you have empathy and sympathy because those are two different things mm -hmm. that and that they receive that apology and that you they know that this is important to them mm -hmm. to know it's imp you know that it, it's the right thing to do because sometimes as you said um, People can harbor things and carry things around for weeks, <coughs> and um, <laughs> no, including myself uh, too. But I think it's important that uh, we keep our spouses' feelings because it's supposed to be all about them. So I think it's important, as guys, that when you make that apology or that. It needs to be a, an apology and not an acknowledgement. I think it's how you say it. Because if you say, I'm sorry, didn't you hear me? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, that doesn't work. But if you say it with, with an apologetic heart. But I, I think uh, twofold, the, the one thing we need to understand uh, is, as we said, some of those things are going to be in that area of feelings just being hurt and, and there's really not a, a sin committed there or it's really not a, a fault that, that you've done, okay? So yes, to empathize, uh, and I think that's the area where you need to know your spouse, your mate, you need to know them. And so one of the things that we've done was we, we discussed, and, and I think a lot of times we're not even discussing how we're going to play out if I come to you, and here's how I'm expecting you to respond when I come to you with something serious. So 
my husband knows that I told him early on, you could probably win every fight with just a simple kiss and grab me and hug me and hold me. I'll be a done daughter and a wolf. <laughs> and so that could be something that you guys have just determined between the two of you because you've got to know Angela. Angela's got to know you and what works for you because what works for me and he, because I heard Pastor Jackson say his personality is totally different. He's going to hear it, and if he ain't connected with it. But I heard you, so that just may not be his area to just grab and just, you know, kiss or whatnot. Right, but he heard you. And, and so for Crystal, she may just simply need to understand when he said, okay, uh-huh, that's Pastor Jackson. Whereas you might be a flower buyer, you might show up to the house with, you know, some roses or something, and that's your apology. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we have uh, one, one here. Uh, Lynn. No, I was just going to say quickly, one thing, I guess, I had to realize I've been married probably since I was 23. So it's been 30 years with two different people, but... One thing that held true when you when you hear I understand I'm with faith sometimes what you don't you're not sure if you heard I understand or what you really heard was shut up about it <laughs> like I'm just gonna say I understand and we're gonna drop this and we're gonna move on and we're like but did you really understand sometimes it's a matter of repeating back what I heard you say was blah 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 and that bothered you or that hurt you and then when the, I say yes okay now I know you understood. I can feel like that understanding, let's move on. So it's just sometimes it's a matter of further communicating the I understand so that everybody's clear on what you understood mm -hmm. and doesn't put, you can't put your own meaning to it. Like you can't say, oh, they just want me to stop talking about this. So if you kind of elaborate, that kind of takes the wind out of that sail <laughs> and it, may, you, it gives you the ability to really move on with it. All right, so two days ago, Miss Debbie told me to step my game up. Uh-oh. Right. She was like, what are you going to do for uh, Crystal? I said, I don't know. She said, you need to step your game up. So my, with that being said, how much does that really work with hugging and kissing? Because if, if I hug and kiss my wife, she's, she's probably like, I'm not in a mood. So. Well, it keeps me out of the doghouse. <laughs> that's right but I, and, and so with that being said maybe because I try to make light of things like okay it's not so serious calm down and, and so <laughs> I, I think yeah I think you just I was trying to help you out brother but that <laughs> that calm down we're just, just turning so to marriage serious. counseling right now yeah that's defensive we're going to come back <laughs> we do house calls. Tyler had, uh, Tyler, you had a comment? <laughs> With the hugging and the kissing and how far does that go, that goes a long way. It because does. now it's not talk. I'm actually got some action behind it. I'm actually, I actually feel like, because as women, we think out of our emotions. We mm -hmm. think out of what we feel. Men are here. They're, they're in their head. It, when you say I understand, I'm like, man, now that I'm back in that dating scene, 
When you say, oh, I understand, no, that means shut up. No, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> but, I have a strong, but I have a strong personality. So in that sense, I'm like Pearl. That hugging and that, that, that kissing and saying, I understand, and you pulling me in, I feel safe. I feel mm-hmm. like you really, you're really trying to hear me, and you're really trying to, to hug me. Now, you doing something extra for Valentine's Day that is out of your norm, now you make me feel special. Yeah. Why? Because it's something, even though it may be the worst thing in the world, you thought about me, you did something special for me, and, and it, it may look like the kids when they made, like they made Valentine's cookies and then they offered me one after they and licked it, put their little <laughs> fingers all on it, and said, here, Miss Tyler, will you eat it? It's the thought that counts. You went out of your way. You came out of your norm. That makes me know that I'm special. Amen. Amen. One thing Mommy, I will add One last. That. We're going to take one last one. Because sometimes when you apologize and you say, yeah, okay. You know what? It's like, yeah, shut up and get over it. You know? And so you take it as a quick, yeah, get over it. Okay, I understand. I'm going. But like she said, we're emotion. Amen. And that little touch and that little hug, it helps. Amen. Amen. One other but I word think every woman knows touch. her husband. I think every woman has learned after you've been together more than a year. I think you know who your significant other is. And you probably know what to expect. You know, and when they say, I heard you, okay, I'm sorry. Most people, like when I tell Pearl, you know, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. She knows where I'm coming from. But if I say, all right, I heard you, cool, chill. (laughs) (laughs) My nonverbals? That's right, yeah. But see, somebody. (laughs) Right. But see, I know Pearl, and I know what she's not going to accept. Oh, I understand. I appreciate your help. I appreciate your help. No problem. Okay. Uh, so, Lynn, you have one final? Or? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't know your name. Um, I don't go to this church. But I really like what you said because what I'm hearing is some people kind of saying what their love language is. Mm-hmm. And if Absolutely. they like to have um, material things, you know, hugs or kisses mm-hmm. or candy and flowers. That, But I really like what you said because I think that's so important. That's something that I experienced in my own marriage of 40 years. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I need an apology, I need to hear that you understand what what you said or what you did hurt me. And when you speak that, now I know that you understand. So there's a likelihood that you won't do it again. Mm-hmm. So now we can get past that and move on, you know. So I really like that, that because I think in, in any marriage, uh, communication and understanding is absolutely key. Important. Yeah. It is. Now, along with that, you're right. You're, you're so right with that. Uh, the only other thing I would add to that is 
in communicating, understanding, and need hear, needing to hear that, well, for my significant other, I might not absolutely hear the words, I'm sorry, or I understand. So what I caution when I sit with women is, hear the words, but you've got to understand your spouse. Like, recently, <laughs> there was a you know, tiff, and the Lord is so timely. We came to Sunday school, and after Sunday school, my husband stood on me, he said, well, you know, sometimes it's just hard <laughs> to admit when you're wrong. <laughs> so I didn't get real oversensitive, get in my feelings, because he didn't say I apologize. I knew, for me, that was my husband saying he was sorry. So you have to hear the heart sometimes, even through not getting what you wanted to hear him say the apology or the I love you or whatnot or I understand, that let me know that he understood what the message had said because it was almost as if, and I, I told him I promised I hadn't called Mel <laughs> the night before I told him. And then dad came right back in his sermon and I, I told him I did not call anybody. So it was just the Holy Spirit, but I had to have discernment that that was my husband's apology to me. Let it go. Let's move on beyond this. But then I apologized later. He did. Okay. <laughs> because she gave me that look like. <laughs> I did not. Stop it. <laughs> okay, with that being said, we're going to, I think we have time for just a short five-minute break. If you guys need to relieve yourselves or whatnot, maybe get a, a drink of water, and then we'll uh, come back and finalize our uh, <coughs> uh, section. Is that third?
Just one brief reminder about um, this session on the art of marriage. We are also going to be resuming this discussion tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock here at Akron Alliance Fellowship. It's part two of what we are presenting today. Today is the, obviously the large content. Tomorrow's content will be a follow-up, additional discussion, and uh, we'll talk more about that uh, as we get ready to close uh, after this final uh, segment is presented. And with that in mind, please welcome back Walter and Pearl. You know, there, there, are three, there are three reasons for sexual intercourse in the Bible. We typically only talk about two. And I want to give them in sort of an ascending order from the least to the, to, to the most, you know, uh, to, to produce, you know, to have children. Uh, that's the reason for it. But the next one, which I think is higher than that and celebrated in the Bible, is for pleasure. We got you know, Song of Solomon, the book of Proverbs, and the writer of Hebrews says the marriage bed is undefiled, and God wants us to enjoy each other sexually. But the ultimate purpose of sexual intercourse in the Bible, the ultimate purpose is a celebration of our oneness in the sight of God. Every time a couple has sexual union, they're saying that I am a one-woman man or I am a one man woman and I am committed to you and you alone for the rest of my life. I am you and you are me. And that's the celebration that takes place. God created sex. And God didn't call everything very good until he created the physical union between a man and his wife. So Hugh Hefner didn't create sex. Uh, God did. God had given Adam certain equipment certain drives that would only make certain sense if used in a certain way. That's not sexually explicit. That's just biology. God could have designed Adam to subdivide as an amoeba, but he doesn't. He chooses someone who's like him, but different from him. And when they are coming together, there is a, an organic unity that is taking place. There's a new organism that is taking place. In the, uh, in the act of, of marital union. And so something really significant is happening there that can happen in no other place. I don't think God in heaven is uh, uh, frowning or uh, embarrassed, hiding his face from what takes place in the marriage bedroom. Um, the Proverbs are clear. He, he commanded them. He said, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated with her love. And it was the idea of sex and marriage. Uh, again, a, a book in the Bible was, was dedicated to passionate love in marriage. In fact, there are a number of components of passion uh, in marriage that are outlined in the, in the book of Song of Solomon that just point out God wants us to make passion and pleasure in our marriages a priority. Okay, we thought that would be applicable as we wrap up. Our third session is called Love Sizzles, Two Becoming One.
Mark 10, 7, 8. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. When I hear that, I think about Adam and Eve when the Lord took part of Adam's rib and fashioned a woman for Adam. And Adam said, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. And I think that was the first couple to become one. And I think that's what that signified. by, Because they said the Lord could have made Eve out of the same material that he made the Adam. But he wanted her to be special. Just like my wife, she's special. James 1.4 but endurance must do it complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. The requirement for oneness is two complete people. Marriage is not the place where one gets completed. Marriage is an adult contract and you should not attempt it without two adult people being present. You must become a complete individual on it on your own in order to have true oneness with your spouse. Amen. Uh, and I think uh, a few of you often have heard me uh, speak of how I started that process before I even knew I would even have a husband. Uh, God kind of set me to the side and just poured into me uh, to have me be a healthy individual that was connecting with uh, another individual. Uh, Adults take responsibility for their own treasures. Uh, And what that, that two complete people coming together, two adults, uh, there are some responsibilities that an adult will take upon without someone having to Uh, thrust it down their throat, having to do that for them. Uh, Adults will take responsibility for their own feelings, uh, their attitudes, controlling them, their behaviors, their own choices. Uh, And your choice doesn't have to be perfect. So with that being said, uh, we're going to have to accept those imperfections in ourselves and in others. Uh, An adult will even limit him him or herself. They will think before they uh, express things. Uh, The Holy Spirit will check their attitude. So as a mature adult, we're doing those things for ourselves. Our spouse is not coming along trying to parent us and put all this stuff in us, but I should be controlling and taking responsibility of those areas. Uh, (coughs) A mature, complete adult not only takes responsibility for him or herself, but they also require the same from the people he or she loves. Not necessarily just my spouse, even with my children. I'm going to require that they do the same as well. 
if it's a girlfriend and we're, you know, we're in this uh, girlfriend-girlfriend relationship, you know, if, if Lynn's always showing up and we get together once a month late, you know, she's leaving me hanging for 30 minutes, well, that's saying to me, Lynn really don't have a whole bunch of respect for my time. So she's not governing herself responsibly in the relationship. So uh, I'm hoping that you guys are seeing the pattern here today that not only do all of these things work within uh, a relationship with a mate, you can really uh, take all of these things that we're learning here today into our life as a whole. So I don't know if you guys have caught the, the drift here yet, uh, I remember the first time I, I read, uh, went through the book Boundaries on Dating. I thought I was supposed to get into some book about, you know, the, the do's and don'ts of dating. But when I completed the book, what I really realized, that book talked all about me and my responsibilities and, and me as, as a, a whole person, me as a person <laughs> controlling. So you're getting the, the picture here? It, it's really not about your mate here. Uh, the art of marriage is really about the two individuals being responsible, governing themselves as they come together in a relationship with your spouse, with God being at the head. Because I can guarantee you, without the Holy Spirit and without having some word, it's not going to quite unfold the way that we've given some steps here. So, experiencing real intimacy in your marriage from God's perspective, we just kind of thought it would be remiss to kind of uh, either skip over that area of intimacy and maybe uh, the sexual piece, uh, because oftentimes I think that's a, maybe a taboo topic uh, that, that's not really touched on uh, in our church arenas. Uh, a lot of people think intimacy, first of all, is sexual. But what they don't understand is a satisfying sex life is built outside of the bedroom on a foundation of companionship, commitment, passion, and spiritual intimacy. And so with that being said, we're going to take a look at, you guys should have a printout in your binders that, that looks like this with those four things on it, we're gonna kinda just take a look at what those four things might look like. Okay, the first one is companionship. Under communication, it says share openly. Under tenderness, give creative expressions of affection. And spending time together, share mutual interest. Number two is listen carefully. Tenderness is show your love through non-sexual touch. And spending time together, re revive your dating life. And we added show an interest in your both enjoy. Show an interest in something you both enjoy. Under commitment, under faithfulness, 
regularly reaffirm your commitment. Be a good listener. Lack of listening belittles your partner. Conversation is one of a woman's top needs. The art of listening is learned. Under forgiveness, keep short accounts with each other. Number two is build and rebuild trust. Validate each other's perspective and opinion. Under forgiveness, choose one life in the power. Choose to live in the power of blessing. And what that means is choosing to live in the power of blessing. Um, An example that comes to mind is I don't want to do anything that's going to sever or harm this lateral relationship. So therefore, I should be consulting, and I always get my horizontal and my vertical. I think this is horizontal here. And my vertical is, is my relationship with the Lord. So I, I need to be, first of all, aligning that relationship so that I'm, I'm making sure that the Holy Spirit and the Lord is keeping me aligned horizontally with this relationship. So my blessing is that I'm imparting here, I'm within my role limits, I'm not superseding and doing anything to harm, because so then I'm out of, I'm out of role, I'm out of order, and so when I spoke to you earlier, God has an order as to how blessings and how you can bless the relationship, you can harm, you can curse the relationship, just by being totally all out of order. Um, One of the things that uh, over the years with my son and his wife, you know, uh, my daughter-in-law and I's relationship has really grown. And oftentimes, because of some things that had transpired, I said, oh, well, people have told me, well, you know, you, as a mother, you just, you know, you have a right to, no, (laughs) absolutely not. As a mom, God's going to honor that relationship, even though that's my son. And I feel like I might have some right to middly meddle or say some things. My son understands that, and I I, I think my daughter-in-law understands now, unless they call and they consult with me or ask me, I'm not just giving input over there in their household and trying to middle metal. And and they do. They call. But lastly, what I always leave my son with is, you and your wife need to get together on that, and you guys need to determine what's going to best work for your household. And they both understand that. So so it is, you know, with this relationship here, uh, there's a, a, a blessing that comes with being in order, being in line vertically with the Lord, the Holy Spirit guiding me, guiding him. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Number three is develop a healthy attitude towards your spouse. Never condescend or talk down to each other. Remember love covers a multitude of sins. The last one is develop a healthy attitude towards sex. 
your box is empty, but mine says, learn to discern when an evil spirit is causing strife or it is your own selfishness, selfish attitude as long as a person can tolerate being the way they are. They are likely to change. Not to change. They are likely not to change. And I kind of added that in the box there. And what that was speaking to was learn to, to learn when there's harm coming to this relationship, to your relationship. Uh, because Satan definitely, uh, I can't tell you from the time that we agreed to do this seminar, we have been attacked in so many areas within the house, outside of the house, and many of you don't even know that uh, for the last few weeks I've been dealing with uh, uh, my real mom is, uh, we, we don't know yet if we're dealing with early dementia onset or whatnot, and I thought I was literally going to have to take and just hop a plane and just go and spend some time there and just kind of bounce out on the seminar. And Lord said, no, steady your hand. I have her. And lo and behold, last week, the Lord laid it upon my other sister that actually lives in Houston to go by the house. And she called me. She said, girl, some stuff ain't right. So she's really taken the, the front end. She's gotten her to the doctor, got her evaluated, and got meds and stuff. Uh, so I've been dealing with that, but yet the Lord reminded me that we made a commitment to you guys. And, and to some, that might sound like, that's your mama, girl. You should have been on that plane, and you should have just been, you know. So when I say we need to be praying and really uh, Holy Ghost-led about every aspect of our life, even those things that Satan will want you to just say, well, that, you know, that's a priority. You, you, that's just a no-brainer. You, you don't even have to think about that. Don't pray about that. So... I really do try and, and, and do that. So with the discernment piece, we've got to know when there's harm, uh, a potential harm for this relationship right here, and we've got to protect that, men and uh, the, the women. We've got to understand. Uh, and then <clears throat> that last piece, it, it simply says, as long as a person can tolerate being the way that they are, meaning I, me, as long as I'm tolerating the way I am, chances are I'm not likely to change because, see, first of all, I don't feel like nothing wrong with me. I'm praying. You know, I'm going to Sunday school every week. I'm a good wife. I bring my money home, and he ought to be glad. You know, so as long as I'm in that mode of mind frame, number one is selfish. I'm not even looking at anything that's, that's off-kilter here. So that's another piece that I'm not discerning that I'm causing harm. Uh, one of the songs that hit the market years ago, and a piece of the lyrics simply says, hide me from the enemy. And the part that I really like, it says, even me, Lord. So that means that even if I am the evil one, if I am the enemy, hide me from that enemy. Because sometimes we, ourselves, can be the detriment. Uh, so, with that being said, we're going to move on to the next box uh, is passion. 
uh, and it, it just derived of two columns here, as you see, planning and creativity. Uh, the first thing is we have got to make passion a priority. Uh, and I know many like to say, well, you know, I'm just not that guy. I think I heard Pastor Janet, you know, hey, he just ain't, you know, that just ain't his, you know, he ain't finna rub no head and pat no back. <laughs> You know, she ought to just know that, you know, I love her, and <laughs> so that, that's another piece that I've got to look at me, and I, I've got to understand that I'm broken in some areas, and, and that might be an area that I might need to work on. Uh, that passion piece, we've got to make sure that that's a priority. Uh, I used to have a funny... I remember years ago when I, I was in my other marriage and uh, one of the sisters at church said, ooh, Sister Pearl, you got your knees showing a little bit today. I had a little scourge, you know, just a little. Uh, and I looked and I said, well, every now and again, I want Mr. Man to know I still got some knees. <laughs> so, <laughs> ladies, you know, and I know sometimes for church ladies that's a little, um, out of the box for us. So, uh, and then the, the next box over says we need to enhance the setting, whatever that means for you. And I remember at a weekend to remember my first one I, I attended uh, in the one-on-one, -on -one, the women to women, the one thing that she shared, I, and I have on my sheet uh, to share the bathroom story with you guys. Well, the story went something like this. She had an issue with, she, she, she wanted her husband to, you know, just clean the shower behind yourself. Uh, when, you know, when you get out of the shower, just spray it down. It don't take very long, you know, to kind of help with the upkeep. So she said one morning, their ritual, they would pray together every morning, and she would get him off to the office or whatnot. This particular morning, she kept telling him, you know, can you clean the shower before you leave? And he, for the life of him, couldn't figure out why she want me to clean this shower before I'm, I'm already running behind. I got to be at the office at 8 o'clock. So unbeknownst to him, she had already went to the bathroom and set it up a little bit. He had went in there and put a little blanket on the floor, pillow around there for her knees, she said. So finally she convinced him to go in and clean the shower. So while he was cleaning in the shower, she said, lady, I used my pillow to pad my knees. And needless to say, now every morning he asks, do you need me to clean the shower before <laughs> I leave for work? <laughs> so he didn't know there were some services that came with cleaning the shower. <laughs> um, so uh, so and then the next box say we need to schedule it for the best part of our day. So... If you're a morning person, you know, if you're going to be the initiator or whatever, you might need to do it early in the morning. My husband knows early morning is me all day long. When you wait to 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, I might be sleep on the brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I even uh, uh, for our singles, uh, one of the things that they share uh, with the singles that are free marries that now come to uh, these events is uh, they share the scenario of even for your honeymoon, 
that needs to be planned out. Uh, because I'll give you a little, little example. Uh, the one facilitator that was speaking this particular year, they said that uh, their honeymoon went something like this. The man went in the room, his suitcase went whoosh, in the corner, and he on the bed, he waiting, he didn't, you know. Well, then we come in, ladies. We gonna come in with the suitcase. We gonna unload and put all our stuff in the dresser drawer. We gonna keep that cute outfit out that we didn't pay, you know, a lot of money for. We going to the bathroom. We gonna come out sometime between maybe 30, 45 minutes later. He sleep and the fight begins. Because you didn't plan that, you didn't discuss that, you didn't talk about that, so you early on learned that you both have two different opinions about some stuff that's just simple, nobody sinned, it's just you didn't talk about it and you didn't plan it. Uh, we also need to give some variety to our approach, and I think you got the drift with the variety with the cleaning the shower earlier, a little bit of variety. And then the last, uh, off to the side, it may simply be some 30-second kisses you might want to, to give. Uh, I'm not a big person with all this public display of affection. You know, you look like you're about to get each other undressed or whatnot. But if you're standing in the grocery store and you want to give a 30-minute kiss or something like that, I don't think that there's 30 any minutes. form. 30 seconds, I mean. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. A 30 second kiss. You know, you're standing there and you're smiling at each other or whatnot. I think that says something, too. Uh, that, you know, if people see that, that it still exists. Couples still do that. Uh, listening and good communication always, always sets the tone for a good sexual relationship. Uh, and I think in that area, if your spouse shares with you that, you know, you, you just didn't hit it out the ballpark this time, babe, and, you know, here's some things you can do that, that can maybe get my go going a little bit, you might want to listen a little bit. They're not trying to control you know, be critical. This is just how my box gonna work for me and you. So, being a good listener and maybe following through on some things that your mate has shared with you might help uh, in that area. Uh, because it is a known fact that when passion is lacking, sex can become routine and stale. Now, on the spiritual intimacy box, it looks a little bit different. A requirement for every Christian home, it, it's prayer. Prayer less uh, uh, will cause, if you're prayerless, it will cause weakness and spiritual parasites to eat away at your relationship. So we've got to even pray about our spiritual intimacy. Uh, me and Walter started praying together prior to marriage. 
we pray together, and we study the word of God together. Uh, so prayer time, spending time reading the Bible together, praying for each other. Ask your mate, what can I pray for you today about? If, and, you know, and that's an area you've got to probably tread lightly, too, and you've got to um, give some leeway. If your spouse says to you that, you know, I do have this area, you know, there's a sister at the job, she wear a skirt so short and they be so tight that I'm struggling. I'm just really struggling. I need you to pray for me. That's not the time to, you know, get all in your feelings, ladies. Oh, so is she smaller than me? <laughs> she wear her hair long? I bet she wear a lot of makeup. That's just not, no. Pray for the man. Pray for your, your relationship. Pray and ask the Lord how you can ask help. So maybe he come home, you know, man, I got you short skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, no, you got some knees still. Put <laughs> your hair down. Uh, you know, he used to tease me because, you know, anybody knows me, I'm going to switch this hair up or whatnot. He just probably ain't going to be able to keep up with me. But my funny is, if my honey wants Tina Turner, we might not have her tonight. I'm going to say she'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't mind. We'll get her. <laughs> I only had one requirement. When she was changing her hair, I said, as long as you keep more hair than me, we fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... With that being said, when spiritual intimacy is lacking, sex can become shallow and self-focused. It really can. So I think um, with that being said, we're going to um, turn the floor back over to Mel and Lynn. We really appreciate you guys giving us this opportunity. Um, uh, we're going to take two or three minutes for anybody that wants to just uh, comment how they've uh, enjoyed or what they wish maybe that we maybe could have uh, improved on or something that you had uh, earning to hear or we didn't touch on. Maybe we can consider uh, doing this again and we can do that for you or just uh, a simple comment at this time. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Thank you. If not, we're going to turn the floor back over to Mel and Lynn because I think they have some other housekeeping things they want to take care of. Thank you, Pearl, and thank you, Walter. Uh, fantastic job today. Um, as a brief reminder, we will be getting back together again tomorrow afternoon, so please make a note of that uh, here at the church for the um, cell group sessions for the men and the ladies.
to resume discussion about uh, the art of marriage and have a little bit more intimate communication, I think, in those settings as well, too, which will be very important to rehash what's been discussed today. Uh, all excellent topics, and, and of course, uh, this particular seminar was uh, shortened for this particular venue for just doing the morning uh, session. So there's a lot to talk about, obviously, and some people already shared those things, too. This was one of our spiritual wellness events for 2019. That's one of the themes that we have here at Akron Alliance Fellowship, where we were focusing on that. Oh, we had one more thing. It's called The Art of Marriage, uh, and it's one of uh, family life uh, literatures. Uh, you can go to their website if you want to get this uh, workbook. Uh, I know we have uh, a couple that we're going to be gifting uh, today for this, but if you want to kind of follow up uh, tomorrow, okay. Uh, this is it's called The Art of Marriage, and it's uh, copyrighted by Family Life. So if you want that material, you want to just simply get it to someone that you think might uh, need it in their life. Thank you. Appreciate your sharing that. We have an event that's actually coming up that many of you are already familiar with um, following uh, this event, and that's on Friday, April 5th and Saturday, April 6th. We have our Spring Break Relationship Conference taking place at the Hampton by Hilton in Stowe, Ohio. Uh, it'll be, I believe, our ninth time back at the hotel um, where we'll be talking about uh, God's names. His name is wonderful. I have uh, reminders here to pass out, which I'll give to everyone before we leave uh, on that event. But it's Friday, April 5th, Saturday, April 6th, uh, and you can book a hotel stay there for, for overnight for $98 plus tax at the hotel. For those who are familiar with our event, we have a great time at the hotel. We enjoy the venue very much, and I think you'll look forward to uh, being with us as well, too, at that time. The event is free, so you don't have to stay at the hotel if you don't want to, but we appreciate your participation this year as well, too. And we have additional housekeeping now that Mrs. Gaines will, Lynn, will provide. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, as Mel said, we will be meeting here again tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock in place of our third Sunday cell group. We are going to wrap this conference up. We'll meet together, couples, at 5 o'clock, do a brief chat, and then we're going to break out. Women will be in discussion. Men will be in discussion for about an hour, and then we're going to come back together. At that time, we have two prizes. We have been generously donated by Walter and Pearl. They have gotten a gift card so that you can attend a weekend to remember for the registration piece of it. You will have to supply your own accommodations and travel. You can do one locally or a destination one. You can go anywhere in the country and they have included a brochure that outlines those dates and times and all those things. But the registration will be free for one person or one couple. We are asking that that gift go to a, a couple that intends to use it. We also have one for a single as well, both baskets, which you have been looking at while you've been grabbing food all morning, include a book, The Art of Marriage, and a couple of other niceties that will just reinforce relationship, a chance to share something with someone else, 
we ask that you come back for that. We'll have a few other giveaways, door prizes as well to do, and we'll do that at the 6 o'clock hour tomorrow. You do need to be present. We will not be taking tickets or names or anything at this time for that. But for today.